At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Hello, welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Houston Family Podcast. Another great podcast for you as... In the second segment, we head out to the great city of Denver. That's where we find Holden Kushner. He does a great job with our city cast for Denver out here with the Vegas Ads and Information Network, powered by Bet Rivers. So we're going to talk to him a lot about the Colorado Rockies. And on top of that, just gauging the Rockies' games when it's a little bit warmer versus a little bit colder because we saw a game get snowed out in mid-May, which... That's very, very strange. So we're going to talk about some of the differences there, gauging weather when it comes to just handicapping baseball in general, because I've noticed that it feels like the weather time of day, it's been causing some fluctuations just because I'm pretty sure that the MLB is hampered with the ball, and I'm thinking that it's causing a little bit more of an effect with regards to the way that it's flying. So we're going to be talking about that and also just taking a look at the National League West race in general. So going to have a great segment there. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Sunday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean doesn't matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but 
Had a great day of baseball on Saturday. So let's take a look at back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. And our doubleheader did involve the Colorado Rockies. We'll certainly be talking about them a little bit more in the second segment with Holden. But that said, it wound up being a split in these two games and wound up seeing one game go over, one game go under. The under wound up being in game one, five to one the final. Mets get four runs in the first two innings and then really neither team had anything from there as yeah, it's Charlie Marte of the Marte Parte go deep off of Erdemann Marquez. His fourth home run season for Marquez gives up five runs, four of which were earned over the course of six innings. Gave up 11 hits in the process, so he got bounded around in that one. Yulis Chassin, two scoreless settings, and Carlos Tesevis, a scoreless setting, and for the Rockies, just no dice in this one. Two of eight with men in scoring position. Carlos Carrasco gives up a one run in five and a third innings. Adam Anavino, a pair of outs from there. Seth Lugo, two scoreless settings, and then you wound up having Drew Smith provide a scoreless setting, and then script would be flipped in game two, 11-3. Rockies are able to get it done as for the New York Metropolitans, Trevor Williams gives up four runs in four innings, including a pair of bombs going deep for Colorado. How about C.J. Crone? 11th home run season, nine have come at home, and then you want to have having the backup catcher and Brian Servant. He gets home runs number one and two of the season. One winds up coming off of Williams, then a little bit later on in the game, you go deep off of Adonis Medina, and Medina was hoping to be a long guy in this one. He was out long for this game. He gave up five runs, and he got four outs. Jason Shreve, he got two outs. He gave up two runs, and then Joe Reed and Joey Rodriguez were able to give you a score of the signing, but for the Colorado Rockies, you wound up having tie block. It's pretty much an opener in this game, giving up two runs over the course of three innings. Ashton Gudu was able to give up just one run in two and two-thirds innings. Justin Lawrence and out of the bullpen, and then Robert Stevenson, Alex Colome, and Lucas Gilbreth. Close the door, all giving you a scoreless inning. You wound up having a lot of scorelessness out there in San Francisco. The Giants wind up falling to the Padres by kind of 2-1 to one for the Padres. You do wind up having Manny Machado go deep in this one. Eighth home run season, and he was the only player that got in that bat for the Padres who left with a batting average above a 232 in this one, which that's insane. And for Mr. Carlos Rodan, he wound up giving up that home run. Two runs in total over the course of six innings. I'll call him a little bit of a tough luck loser. Jerlyn Garcia, Dominic Leon, both give you a scoreless setting, and then Jose Alvarez and Mauricio Lovera were able to combine for a scoreless setting, but for the Giants, lone form of offense, Wilmer Flores, fourth home run season. That comes off of one of Robert Suarez, who gives up a run in an inning, but Joe Musgrove, another great start. He has went at least six innings in every one of them this year, now 5-0 and with a buck 90 ERA through eight starts, as he was terrific, and then you wound up having Taylor Rogers get his 16th save of the season. He did wind up having the Boston Red Sox claw their way back from a deficit as they got down 4-0 to very early in this game, but they get the job done 6-5. Was not the day for Garrett Woodlock giving up 10 hits, 5 runs in total over the course of 3 innings, and then the bullpen, which has been much maligned this year for the Boston Red Sox, stepped up. John Schreiber, Ansel Robles, Jake Diekman, Matt Barnes, all scoreless setting, and Tyler Danish, two scoreless settings, and Rafael Devers was the man with the bat for the Boston Red Sox in this one. Pair of home runs. He goes deep off of Chris Flexen, eighth home run of the season, and they would go deep off of him for his ninth as Flexen. He was not flexing his muscles, giving up those two bombs, five runs in total over the course of four innings, and then Drew Seconrider takes a loss, gives up a run in the eighth inning, getting two outs, Paul Sewald, and out of the bullpen as Penn Murphy, Andres Munoz, along Sergio Romo. I'll give you a scoreless setting, but for the Mariners, they lose despite going 4 of 8 with men in scoring position and getting 12 hits. So that was pretty brutal for them. My DK Nation pick was on the over in Brewers versus Nationals, and he got six runs in the first five innings, so it was looking great. And then 
Things died from there. 5-1 to one the finals. The Nationals on a believing men in scoring position in two out of the final three innings. He did wind up having Lane Thomas go deep off for Brandon Woodruff, his second home run season. And for Woodruff, a solid start here. Still have some concerns with him. He doesn't look like the Woodruff of old. Even in this start, goes six innings, gives up one run, but didn't necessarily look terrific, but certainly looked a little bit better in this start than he has throughout much of the season. Josh Hader actually came on for his 15th save of the season as Hobie Milner, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Hader gets that final out, and then Trevor got Brad Boxberger. They give you scoreless settings and for the Washington Nationals. Patrick Corbin is now 0-7, and the Nationals have lost every one of his starts this season. It has been a really... Really bad, giving up five runs to five innings, including a pair of jacks in this one. Andrew McCutcheon, third home run season. Luis Urias, his second home run season. From there, Erasmo Ramirez, Steve Ciszek, and Josh Rogers. All able to give you a scoreless inning for a national team that is now 13-28. That's not terrific. Arizona Diamondbacks are back to 500. They wind up taking down the Cubs. Mike got a 7-6, and for the Cubs, they are now 6-15 at home this season. And they take out their first two wins of the season. That makes them 4-15 in their last 19 at home. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, he did wind up having Pavin Smith get his fourth home run of the season as this game went to extras after Madison Bumgarner got lit up a little bit in this one. Gave up four runs over the course of seven innings, including a pair of home runs. Patrick Wisdom, eighth of the season, and Frank Schwindel, his third. But from there, he did wind up having Joe Manette, Tipley, J.B. Wendell King combined for a scoreless inning, Ian Kennedy a scoreless inning, and then Mark Melanson made things interesting in the 10th giving up two runs, one of which was earned, but it was enough to be able to get it done as the Cubs. They wound up having Justin Seal be as strong as Steel. Five scoreless innings, nine strikeouts, but bullpen, which has been towards the top of the National League all season long in terms of ERA, wound up failing them. He did wind up having a pair of outs with a run given up by Brandon Hughes. Pair of outs from Scott Efres. He gives up two runs. Daniel Robertson, he winds up giving up one run and one in a third innings, and then Rowan Wick. Three runs, one of which was earned, given up in the 10th before Daniel Norris has to clean up the mess. So, the Diamondbacks able to get to the window on that one. The Blue Jays have now scored three runs or fewer in quite a few games. It is now nine out of their last 12, but still was enough to be able to get the job done and even cover the run line against the Reds. 3-1 to one the final in the Reds. They have now played five out of their last six games to the under as for Cincinnati. Hunter Green, not bad in this one. Does wind up giving up a solo run over the course of six innings as Boba Shett wound up having this one his fifth of the season. Then he would go deep off of Luis Sessa for his sixth as Sessa gives up two runs over the course of an ending off of that home run. Jeff Hoffman in scoreless setting, but for the Toronto Blue Jays, Alec Manoa. Manoa, what? He was pretty good. Eight Ennings pitch, gives up one run. Jordan Romano comes in, gets his 14th save of the season. So the Toronto Blue Jays able to get it done out there. You wind up seeing the LA Dodgers go to Philadelphia and get it done. 7-4 the final. As for the Dodgers, you wind up having a trail of home runs. Will Smith gets jiggy with it off of... Aaron Supernola, fourth home run season. Nola gives one up to Mookie Betts, his ninth of the season. And Jursich Familia allows a home run to Jacob Barnes for his fourth of the season as Mitch White wound up getting pretty much the open in this game. Two and a third innings. Gives up three runs, including home run going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies off of him. Alec Bohm is third of the season. Then Kyle Schwarber will go deep off of David Price. His tenth of the season for Price. He's been dealing with injuries all season long. Gives up a run in an inning. And then from there, the Dodgers will give up nothing else. Broussard or Gratterall, two scoreless innings. Justin Brule along with Phil Bickford combined for a scoreless setting. Alex Vesia gets even out of the bullpen. Danny Hudson comes in for four outs, and Craig Kimbrell gets the save as for the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Supernola was not so super, giving up two home runs in five and a third innings, including four runs in total. Brian Ann winds up coming in. Could not wind up getting a single out. Connor Brogdon gives you a scoreless setting, though, but then 
Jose Alvarado gives up two runs while getting two outs. Now rocking a 7.94 ERA. Sir Anthony Dominguez scoreless saying, but Jurisic Familia gives up on those home runs as well. So the Phillies fall to 18 and 22. And for the Dodgers, they have now won eight straight games. The Atlanta Braves, they have been able to do a relatively solid job themselves. They're getting back online. 4-3, they wind up taking down the Miami Marlins and for the Atlanta Braves. Now they've been able to go 3-1 and one in their last four games, so they're stringing things along. And Kyle Wright continues to be Mr. Wright. Five scoreless innings. He did wind up having Darren O'Day give up a run in a third of an inning. Kenley Jansen, he was able to get the save while giving up a run in the process. Struck out the side. A.J. Minter, an unearned run, giving up in his inning of work. Marcel Zuna hurt him with a fielding error, but did wind up having one and two-thirds inning scoreless. Uh, Jackson Stevens as for the Braves. Pair of home runs off the bat of William Contreras. His fifth and sixth of the season for Eliezer Hernandez gave up one of those bombs. Now he's given up 11 home runs and eight starts. Gives up just that one run, but then from there, you did wind up having Cody Poteet give up his second earned run of the season. Now rocking a 0 70 ERA. Goes to innings, gives up one run, so he has been solid, but Tanner Scott, Dylan Floro, combined to give up two runs in their inning of work, and Tommy Nance scoreless inning. So the Atlanta Braves starting to get a little bit more online. Starting to get online as well. How about the Tampa Bay Rays? They had won 13 straight prior to Friday against the Orioles. They took an L, but now they're right back on that streak. 6-1 the final. And for Jeffrey Springs, being stretched out a little bit more by the Rays, and he wound up giving his longest start of the year. 5-2 and two thirds inning scoreless. Jason Adam gives you an out of the bullpen. Ralph Garza Jr. just wind up giving up a run in two innings, but Colin Pooch was able to give you a scoreless inning, and lots of deep balls here for the Tampa Bay Rays as Randy Orozarena goes deep twice off of Kyle Bradish. Third and fourth of the season, then Mike Bauman, the long guy, winds up giving up a home run. His fifth of the season for Kevin Kiermaier as Bauman. Actually very solid in long relief. Gives up one run in three, two-thirds innings. They piggybacked him off of Kyle Bradish, who gave up the home runs to Randy Orozarena. Five and a third innings, giving up two runs for the Orioles. It's really been one of the best under teams in all of baseball, and that wound up being the case once again on Saturday. You wound up having the Angels wind up playing us to the Oakland A's, and they wind up getting it done by a count of five to three for the Angels. He did wind up having them have the advantage of not having to face Frankie Montas too much. Took a line drive in the second inning, knocked him out after he wound up getting just five outs. Domingo Acevedo had to come in for two scoreless innings, and then you wound up having Jacob Lemoyne give up two runs in two and two-thirds innings. He gave up a home run to Mr. Andrew Velasquez in second home run season. Luis Randifo will get deep off of Adam Cleric, his first as Cleric. Gives up two runs in one and a third innings. He did have Lou Trevino coming. He got not out of the bullpen, giving up a run. So now he's got an eight ERA. And for the LA Angels, Michael Lorenz had a very good start. Six four of those innings. Now Aaron Loop gave up three runs in two thirds of an inning. Had a one ERA last year with the Mets. That certainly hiked up his ERA a little bit. But Oliver Ortega, along with Ryan Tapera, combined for four outs out of the bullpen. Rossi Iglesias bounces back after giving up runs in his previous two appearances. He had a scoreless inning. The Astros wind up getting an outright win, but not a win on the run line. Two to one. They wind up taking down the Texas Rangers as 55 shades of John Gray. Not bad in this one. Gives up two runs over the course of six innings. Dennis Satan and Brett Martin both give you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen before the Astros. Justin Verlander continues to be masterful. Does give up six hits in this one, but punches out eight. Very good performance. Phil Maton was able to give you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen. Hector Neris gives up a run in an inning, but Ryan Presley, he's out back off of the injured list. He was able to give you a scoreless setting, so despite the Astros going one of ten with men in scoring position, the pitching was able to get the job done. 
for the team. Also being able to get the job done, that would be the St. Louis Cardinals, 5-4. They wind up getting a win, and Matthew Libertors for his career start. He did wind up allowing four runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings, including a bomb as Brian Reynolds, I believe that was an inside-the-park home run. You had one of those in that Arizona Diamondbacks game as well, coupled with some errors, but from there, you did wind up having Drew Verhagen give you two and a third inning scoreless, and then Andre Pedalante, along with Ryan Elsley, were able to give you a scoreless setting him for the St. Louis Cardinals. No home runs, but they do go three of 14 with men in scoring position as Ozzy Kitana. Not long for this game. He was hurt by a Cabrian A's fielding error, so he gives up five runs, only two of which were earned in three and two-thirds eggs, and the bullpen from there was good. Dylan Peters, Wayne Underwood Jr. both give you four outs out of the bullpen. William Crow, two scoreless things, and then David Bernard, pair of outs out of the bullpen, but that error wound up being very costly for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Royals just stinking on offense wound up being costly for them, 9-2. The Minnesota Twins took them down with the Twins. They were able to get the over in this game with four runs in the ninth as you did wind up having this team go 4 of 9 with men in scoring position. Joe Ryan continues to be tremendous for this team. He now has a 228 ERA, one run given up in 5 and 2 thirds innings, killed Theobar. He gives up a run and in his inning, but Joe Smith, four outside the bullpen, scoreless, and Cody Sashek, he was able to give you a scoreless inning. And for Brad Thunderkeller, gives up four runs over the course of seven innings, no home runs, but he did wind up seeing towards back half of this game. Foster Griffin come in and it was not good for him. He gave up four runs in an inning. Gabe Spear, he winds giving up a run in an inning. And for the Kansas City Royals, one of six with men in scoring position. They do not have Salvador Perez in the fold, so that was a little bit costly for them. And if you're just taking a look at what we're getting in Major League Baseball in general, it certainly has been a little bit of an underfest all season long. And heck, I mean, you even take a look at the last seven days, it's been pretty bad. Overall for the season, 54% of games have wound up going under the total as we've had 303 unders and 258 overs. So we certainly have seen that binge of unders thus far. And with that said, you take a look at one of those games that wound up going over. That would be the Yankees versus the White Sox, 7-5 the final. How can I forget the fate of Dallas Keuchel giving up six runs over the course of four innings? Everyone else said their part. Jose Ruiz gives you an inning giving up a run. But Reynaldo Lopez, Matt Foster, Kendall Graveman, all able to give you a scoreless inning. And then for the offense, you did wind up having Jose Abreu go deep off of one. Nisser Cortez for his fourth home run season for Cortez. His worst start of the year, and it still wasn't too bad, giving up three runs over the course of five innings. Michael King now has his ERA above two as he gives up two runs over the course of an inning, but Jonathan Luizga, Miguel Castro, and Clay Holmes combined for three scoreless innings, so they were able to get it done and cover the run line as Keiko now rocking that 660 ERA as he gives up a home run to DJ turning up LeMayu. His third home run of the season, but that's another favorite that winds up being able to win straight up, and favorites overall this season, they've been able to do a very solid job on the money line, inning at a 60.1% clip, but if you look at favorites, 261 have been able to cover the run line of one and a half. Meanwhile, 357 have been able to win straight up. So that means that we have had now 96 instances in which a favorite winds up winning by one run. And most of these have been home favorites as home favorites are 224 and 154 straight up. But they've only been able to cover the run line now 153 times. So we have seen now 69 different instances in which a home team winds up winning by just one run. And you take a look at the last seven days that we've seen here in Major League Baseball. 49 unders to 41 overs. So 54.4% of games last seven days have been going under. So even with adjustments, things have still been going under. And in this time span, underdogs 
35 and 60. So it has very much been a week of favorites and one of our favorites on this podcast going to be coming on next. Holden Kushner does a great job with the Denver City Cats, does a great job just taking a look at everything sports betting. He's also over there with Run Peer Bets and Run Peer Sports. Coming up next, we'll talk NL West. We'll talk about what we're all getting with the Colorado Rockies, just gauging weather in general in baseball as well. That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that, see that ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassell to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson family of podcasts. And it's great to have on our guests. Holden Kushner does a great job out there in the great state of Colorado, more specifically the city of Denver. He does a lot for us over at VEASAN as he does the Denver City Cast, which you're able to catch at wherever you find your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. As We've got one for many different cities like Denver, the one that Holden does. You've got Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, list goes on and on and Holden. He also does a great job over there at Run Pure Bets and Run Pure Sports doing a lot of DFS and sports betting over there. And to be able to follow Holden Kushner on radio, that is at Holden Radio, H-O-L-D-E-N, and then the word radio and Holden. Great to have you aboard. Thank you. I mean, you talk about an intro, buddy. I don't know if we got time left to speak. Uh, it was a beautiful introduction. You got the 
Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, the Rumpier Bets and Rumpier Sports. It's amazing. It's good to talk with you. We haven't talked much since college basketball ended. So what's going on, my friend? What's going on is it's been a wild start to the year with regards yeah. to Major League Baseball. As you know, there's been a lot of unders. And we take a look at things that have been contributing to unders. And I think that it's so interesting to take a look at Coors Field because right around 52 to 53% of under, of games since the beginning of the 2021 season have wound up going under the total. A lot of this is because you just wind up having big giant totals in general. But when it comes to the weather, how much do you think that that plays a role in it? Because we always hear about things like Wrigley Field win day and night when it comes to places out there in the state of California. But I we just wound up seeing snow a couple days ago out there in Colorado. And when it comes to just the most volatile temperatures in general, which I think has a big impact with regards to MLB totals, I look no further than the city of Denver. The snow, we got about a foot where I live, about 25 minutes south of Coors Field. We got a foot. It officially stopped snowing at 9 a.m. It was gone by 11.30. Like you could barely tell tell, tell it snowed. There's some buildings with some snow on top. This place is crazy, man. Um, I will take this over 99 humidity any day, but that's going to be a debate that you're going to have to have with yourself. Do you like the hot and humid or I'll take the cold here in May? But the first thing I did this morning, I said, I can't believe they're going to play this doubleheader. You know, anytime the temperature's in the 30s and 40s here and they want to put this thing above even eight and a half, I'm hitting it. It's almost an auto bet for me, Greg. And I think the only reason we got the 50-50 over-unders here, well, you know what? You mentioned the totals are usually high. But it was chilly. We've actually had some warm days. But I bet if you went back and you looked at some of the totals in April when it's cold here, the games are going under. The ball, it's at elevation, but it's also cold. And that is going to suppress (laughs) offense. I still think, and again, this is a theory, I still think the weather had a lot to do with the unders in the first month of the season. I think we're starting to see things pick up because it's getting warmer everywhere. And I think that will continue as well. And then for whatever reason, Major League Baseball, go back to using the bad baseballs in October when the games really count. Yep, I am right there with you. I certainly do think that something wound up happening with the baseball. What wound up happening is just anyone's guess because MLB, they own Rawlings, who produces all these baseballs. And I mean, the MLB, they've got... I mean, just really great customer service because they always let everyone know exactly what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> yep, I couldn't make it through without laughing. So there yeah. is that part of it. But, oh, man, I mean, that is certainly a case there. But I'm with you. I feel like the weather has affected these totals more so than anything else because I just noticed with this year more so than in past years, hot versus cold day versus night, it's had more of an effect than we've seen in past years. And maybe that is a little bit part of it. Maybe the baseball does wind up getting affected a little bit more by warm versus cold. And I think that it's more important this year than ever before to be taking a look at the conditions, taking a look at day versus night. Because I, when you wind up getting out to the state of California, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, ball dies during the nighttime. Meanwhile, during the daytime, it's actually relatively hitter friendly. Oh my God. You know, I play a lot of daily fantasy sports too, Greg. I don't know if you're into that or not. But basically, when a slate comes out and you're trying to pick your hitters, the guys that you want to you want to produce for you, I basically wipe the West Coast games off except uh, the Dodgers because I know the Dodgers can put it up in any condition. But Oakland, are you kidding me? And, and you see it in the lines. Lines, it's going to be baked into the lines. But if you're betting overs in Oakland, even in Anaheim 
at night in San Francisco because a lot there's a big misnomer out there, and and I know you check the weather. You have to check the weather yep. if you're a handicapper. And I cannot tell you how many people come up to me like, "You bet me over in San Francisco tonight. The winds are blowing straight out at 25 miles an hour." Well, yeah, it blows out every night, 17 to 25 miles an hour, but they built the stadium so that the wind really doesn't affect it. You would have to hit it higher than the stadium to get it up there in the jet stream. There's another place that I don't want to touch. Seattle, don't want to mess with it. Great points here. Betting overs at night on the West Coast, good luck. Yeah, it's a case in which you really need a bad pitching matchup and really not necessarily home run pitchers, but guys that wind up giving up a bunch of walks. So that way, when mm-hmm. you do wind up getting a base hit, you're able to drive in, drive in multiple guys. So don't completely write off overs, but at the same time, you need a pretty good matchup to be able to take a look at a lot of those yeah. overs. As we do have Holden Kushner joining me on the podcast, does a great job with the Denver City Cast. also does a great job of being able to hold it down with regards to daily fantasy sports over there at Run Pure Bets and Run Pure Sports. And when you take a look at this Ashley League West pitcher, because that's where the Rockies are, and really going into this week, I believe every team had been 500 or greater. I mean, I think that we would both still agree the LA Dodgers, they're the team to beat going into mm-hmm. Saturday. They were a game clear of the San Diego Padres. I think that that's going to lengthen itself out a little bit. But I take a look at the rest of the teams in this division, and I do like what I've seen out of the Padres. I think mm-hmm. that there needs to be a little bit more balance with regards to that lineup because right now it's May Machado, Eric Cosmer, and pretty much seven bags of gravel in the lineup. But I, those two guys have been absolutely tremendous. The Giants struggled a little bit with their bullpen, but I like what I'm seeing there. And even the bottom teams with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are starting to regress. But I take a look at the NL West, and I think that top to bottom, this might be the best division, certainly in the National League. You can make a case for the American League East if the Red Sox wind up picking it up. But I just take a look top to bottom at the West, and I've really been impressed by all these teams. So we'll start at the bottom then, okay? If if you've been impressed by all of these teams, let's start at the bottom. The Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, they don't scare you at the plate. I mean, if if Kettle Marte is facing – if Cattell Marte is facing a lefty – and Christian Walker's facing a the lefty, then fine. I'm into it with a couple of these guys, but it's their rotation, isn't it? It's just yes. been terrific. Zach Gallen, legit number one guy. Laugh all you want at Madison Bumgarner. The guy's sneaky good still. He's an old dude. Merrill Kelly is off to a spectacular start as well. They brought in some depth with Dak, uh, Zach Davies. And he's pitching you know, well as a number four starter, I suppose. You start with the Diamondbacks, if they figure out that they want to spend some money offensively, they might be able to do some damage here within the next couple of years. Then you get to my guys here in Colorado, the Rockies. They stink. If you're ever betting the Rockies to win on the road, I, I don't know what you're doing. They're great at home. They really are a terrific yep. team at home. It's, they're not proving it to the Mets right now. They lost But go look at the splits between home and road for the Rockies. They're an absolute joke on the road. They can score at home. And their starting rotation is taking a step back, unfortunately. Now, Marquez got beat up. He's an all-star. I say this, and I will continue to say it, and I don't think it's too late, but I think this organization should have traded Marquez at the top of his value. Maybe he could build that back up this season, but I don't think you were ever getting more for Marquez than what you could have gotten this offseason. They didn't get anything for Story. They didn't get much for Arenado. They might as well have traded him, but Marquez has SP1 upside. There's no doubt about it. Kyle Freeland is just a guy that – He's a Denver guy, feels comfortable pitching at home, uh, nothing special. Sends a tele going to the IL, really hurt them. Gomber, who came over in the Arenado trade, here's another guy, just a guy. Chad Cool starting to get exposed. It should be interesting, though, because he goes back to Pittsburgh in his next start. See how he, he can do at that ballpark. And then the bullpen's an absolute disaster. So oh. 
That's the Arizona Diamondbacks or the Colorado Rockies. I think it's pretty easy to break down the other three teams, Greg, so we could do that together. But those two teams in the bottom, um, you know, and I was telling people here on the Denver CityCast, I'm like, listen, this team got off to a great start. Enjoy it while you got it. You know, they took two or three from the Dodgers to start the season. It's not going to be like this all year long, and they're 18 and 20, and they're probably going to end up last in this division. Yep, I'm right there with you. Good news is they've got Chris Bryant now back in the fold. He was a little bit banged up, and to your point, the Rockies are a team that I love being able to get plus prices with them at home. On the road, you've got to be devaluing them because I mean, they hit 50 points different with regards to their batting average home to road. There's just no other team that's like it. Obviously, the elevation plays quite a bit with that, but I think there is something to just, when you wind up going from elevation and then you wind up going on the road, you just naturally have a little bit of a fall off. You need a day or two to be able to acclimate, so especially game one. For them at home versus on the road, I do price those out a little bit differently as well. But I mean, you talk about the top three teams out there in the NL West, and ironically enough, two of them are going to be playing each other on Sunday in the Padres and the Giants. And right now I'm seeing Alex Wood for the Giants and Mackenzie Gore for the Padres, and the Padres being right around a plus 125 to a plus 130. And I'm not sure about you, but this feels like they're undervaluing the Padres a little bit. Alex Wood is one of those guys that, I mean, he's not bad, but he's not great. Right around a 3-9 ERA this year. He'll give you a couple strikeouts. He's not going to light the game on fire, but he's far from an ace. And Mackenzie Gore, well, we've seen him this year. This guy's been absolutely tremendous for a Padres rotation that has been surprisingly good. We're going to see what we wind up getting out of Blake Snell moving forward. But I think that the Padres have some upside if guys not named Machado along with Hosmer are able to pick it up with the bat. What's the deal? Is Tatis, is there any chance he comes back anytime soon? I think that he's currently on the 60-day injured yeah. list. We're going to see during the summertime, but he's out for quite a while. Yeah. So, I mean, if they get him back in the second half, that would be a huge, huge boost. Who was it? Hassan Kim? Yeah. <laughs> I read an article the other day. It's like, is Hassan Kim hitting so well that Tatis is going to move to the outfield? And I'm going, what? The only way he's moving to the outfield, Tatis moving to the outfield, is if he's just hurt. And, you know, and they want to preserve his body a little bit. I, you know, throw him in one of the corner spots. The Padres are a team that I love because of their pitching. I have a number. I just wrote down how many starting pitchers the Padres have. And basically they use because they use a starter and then they bring in another starter behind them. Take a guess at the number that I think the number of starters that the Padres have this year. Good ones too. I would go with eight. Seven. We're right there. We're in the same park then. Like they have seven legitimate to me major league starters. I'm glad you love Mackenzie Gore because I'm right there with you. You know, Musgrove, whatever he figured out in Houston, he's brought it. He's in a better park now. You know what you're getting out of Darvish. The Manaya trade was brilliant. Absolutely love the Manaya trade. Nice little lefty there with Snell. And then Clevenger. They've got lottery tickets is what these guys are. You know, Clevenger coming back. Huge upside. We've seen Snell's upside. We've seen Darvish's upside. We know what Musgrove gives you. Manaya. people don't watch him because he was pitching out in Oakland. This is a terrific Kid that's really in his, I guess he's coming into his prime now, Mackenzie Gore. There's a big ceiling on this rotation. And I think that was, you know, it was obviously done by purpose, on purpose. And if the Padres and the Dodgers get into it in the postseason, then maybe we see those seven or, like you said, eight starters and they just double up, piggyback these dudes and try and mow them down. And I think that that's so big as well because you take a look at the Dodgers and how they're dealing with them. Do they have the most talent? 
I think so. Yes. But at the same time, Clayton Kershaw, his health is failing him. He's back on the injured list. I mean, they had Ryan Papoy wind up getting a start a couple of days ago. Michael Grove has made a couple starts. Yeah. Mitch White wound up getting the start on Saturday. And that's what really hurt them last year because I feel like a big advantage now for the San Diego Padres is the fact that they've got Bob Melvin as a manager. And you still have Dave Roberts, who can't figure out how to use his pitchers as a manager of the L.A. Dodgers. And I think that that could, if you wind up getting that series, wind up being the difference maker because Bob Melvin is a MLB sage, in my opinion, with the way that he's able to work things. And Dave Roberts, he's going to pull his starters after like 80 pitches when he really needs some length. And then in a situation which you can wind up using the bullpen, he doesn't wind up doing so, he runs his guys out a little bit too far, and it just feels like that's going to be a case, once again, that could wind up pulling the Dodgers back, especially with them already having injury issues with regards to that rotation. Yeah, it's a great team, let's face it. It's by far and away the best roster. I think you're a little harsh on Dave Roberts. Maybe it's because I've been around this team a lot, and I just know how difficult it is to win, but if you just look at it and say he pulled his guy, he does. He does pull his starters a little too early, doesn't he? You would think that that would be the big issue that I have, but it's not only his reason. It's not only his fault. They only have one World Series. There's a lot of other reasons for that, whether it be hot teams or, you know, maybe he did leave a pitcher or took a pitcher out too early. But talking about Clayton Kershaw real quick, I think there's a blessing in disguise. This dude's back is falling out. Like he has no spine anymore. So why not just let him sit? Do what you did last year. Get him geeked up for the last month of the season and let him mow in October. We know Clayton Kershaw's body is failing and we know he has a bad back. So why push it? Let this guy sit, bring him out sometime in September, get him warmed up, get him in the postseason so we still see peak Clayton Kershaw, who in my estimation is still the second best pitcher on this staff when he's healthy. When he's healthy, the big one. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that Bueller certainly has to be your number one. And Julio yeah. Rios, even though he got the 20 wins last season, <laughs> I it wasn't necessarily a case in which he was the most deserving pitcher of 20 wins. He just sort of wound up being in the right circumstances there. So I certainly do agree with you there. And getting Blake trying healthy as well, because he's currently on the injured list, that's also going to be very big for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think that he's one of the most underrated relievers out there in the big leagues, as we do have Holden Kushner joining me on the podcast. At Holden, we've talked a lot about the National League West and what we're all seeing with regards to those teams. But just with regards to what we're going to be seeing on Sunday, is there maybe a game or two, whether it be a bet that you like, whether it be just a pitcher that you want to see a little bit more in general, that's really standing out to you because we do have that double dip between the White Sox and the Yankees. I think that that's going to be a big one. I want to mention the Giants versus the Padres game. I think that that is really going to be fascinating because both of us, we really like Mackenzie Gore. But mm-hmm. that said, anything else really standing out to you that you're going to be watching for on Sunday? Well, to me, the peak series this weekend – I Dodgers, Phillies, and we're sitting we're sitting here looking at these temperatures in the 90s, right? Now, Gonsolin's been terrific. Eflin's been his mediocre self so far, but I can see some runs being put up in this game, my friend. And I know the Phillies are struggling, but they got Bryce back in the lineup. Will he play back-to-back days? I think you got to check the lineup there. But the game I'm most geeked about that I will likely be watching tomorrow is the Dodgers. Actually, I'll be driving a bit too, so I'll be listening and watching Dodgers and Phillies. That, to me, just really – really stands out. I'm excited about that. And then they got the makeup game, the doubleheader. You said White Sox-Yankees. That turned a little ugly, didn't it? We had some history between Donaldson and Tim Anderson. Donaldson, you know, kind of blocked the bag from him earlier in the year, and and Anderson pushed him back. And now we got, you know, words called. You had the benches clear. 
So I think that White Sox-Yankees, those two games could be pretty interesting too. But number one, Phillies-Dodgers for me. And then talk about ugly, Dallas Keuchel's ERA. That is really ugly as well. What are you doing? What what are we doing here? Why is he still in (laughs) – <laughs> I guess you got to pay him, so you might as well see if he can turn around one of these starts. Yep, the good old Dallas Keiko fade has been a lot of fun this season. Got to figure that once Lin- once Lance Lynn White's coming back in the fold, we will not be seeing as much God. of Dallas Keiko, but hopefully we'll be seeing a lot of you in future weeks and months, Holden, because you do an absolutely amazing job whenever you wind up doing it doing some film work at VEASAN. I know that you do a great job every single week with the Denver CityCast. And on top of that, run for your bets, run for your sports. For those of you guys that love DFS, you do a great job in that sector as well. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just everything they've got going on in general. Yep, at Holden Radio on Twitter. That's where uh, you can hit me up and actually talk. If you got any thoughts, just don't be too mean. You can be mean, but I do have a line, so don't be too mean or I have to mute you. Anything else doesn't really matter. Instagram, I'm just on it for girls, Greg. So, I don't think you want to follow me there either. There's a lot of topless shots. It's not a good scene, Peterson. Oh, so, just follow me on, on Twitter, at Holden Radio. Only fans, I had, to, I had to shut that down too, Greg. Yeah, we've got to try to keep it at least semi-family friendly around here. So, I do not blame you there. Wind up getting out while the going is still relatively good and you're able to walk away before anything winds up going completely off the walls. Nothing there, so. is better than making Greg Peterson mildly uncomfortable. It's just, <laughs> you know what? This just made my day, Greg. Oh, man, that was absolutely tremendous. And, yep, that was a lot of fun, to say the least, because I have abandoned a committed relationship, so there is that aspect of it. So we, we, were, trying to be, so we were trying to be as mutual and as not completely out there as humanly possible. So I think we wound up achieving that, even though it was somewhat of a pause sort of moment. But that said, that's exactly what you can find from Holden. Not only does he wind up giving you the great content that you always wind up hearing on all those different platforms, but he's got jokes too. He always makes you laugh and he always does a great job whenever he comes on any of these podcasts as he's also joined me on Coast to Coast Soups. Always brings it there. So a big thanks to Holden Kushner for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. Thank you for fixing analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we talk tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service 
project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is colin coward from the herd with colin cowherd angie's list is now angie the nation's largest home service marketplace They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need 
and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. It is always a pleasure to get Holden Kushner on the podcast. He does a great job. With the CityCast for Colorado, we do many different CityCasts over here at VEASAN, ones for like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, obviously Denver, Colorado, as you just wound up hearing, list goes on and on, and Holden holds it down with regards to the city of Denver, it was great to be able to talk some Rockies and just some general baseball with him today, so big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast, I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Sunday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go to the National League games first, then the American League games. The interleague game between the Jays and the Reds is going to be at the bottom, but then we've got one added game with the rainout that we wound up seeing earlier this weekend in the Yankees, and the White Sox probably will be doing both of those games at once. So a little bit out of order with that regard, but everything else, we wind up just going in the normal Las Vegas rotation order. As we're going to be beginning with a game that is currently off the board, 901-902 on the bang board. The St. Louis Cardinals hit the road to face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Steven Metz is going to be going for the Cardinals. Meanwhile, it appears as though Bryce Wilson is going to be getting the start for Pittsburgh, but that's still a little bit TBD, which is why we currently do not have numbers up on this game. But the book of Greg Peterson does have a line on this one. I did wind up making the Cardinals a minus 144 favorite and made the total an 8.1, where an 8 or less looking over 8.5 higher to the under Steven Metz. Just all over the place this year. He has made eight starts, and he's got a couple good ones in there. He gave up two runs in his last start against the New York Mets. As a matter of fact, he's got four starts in which he's given up two runs or fewer. One start in which he's given up three, and then four, seven, and eight. So you don't know whether they're going to get really good Steven Mets 
a really bad Steven Matz, and there's really not a lot of in-between, though. I think that you have a better chance of getting really good Steven Matz here because it is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Meanwhile, Bryce Wilson, not a swing and miss guy to say the least. He gets right around seven nine strikeouts per nine innings this year for his career that hovers more around six so And take a look at him in his last two starts. He has given up a combined ten runs, so he's been the victim in his last three starts of giving up four unearned runs, so the defense behind him has certainly not been able to help him out, but it has been, no doubt, a pretty rough year for him. Plus, he's given up right around four walks per nine, and he's backed up by a bullpen that is in the bottom eight in the big leagues with regards to ERA, even though they've got all but two of the team's wins have actually come from the bullpen. As you got a bunch of guys like Chris Strand, who has north of a 4-5 ERA. David Benar, along with Anthony Bonda, have been relatively soft for this team, but Heath Embry, north of an 80 ERA. Whenever Aaron Fletcher has been out there, it has been a hot mess for him, and now you're trying to mix and match with some of these other guys, and you take a look at this Pittsburgh Pirates lineup, and you're lacking quite a bit of power. Daniel Vogelback has been able to get on base for you. He entered into Saturday with right around six home runs, hitting about a 250. And Michael Chavis hitting a 295. He's been rock solid for this team. Cabrian Hayes is hitting in that neighborhood. Ben Gamble, 360-ish on base. But Yoshi Satsugo, along with Michael Perez, Josh Wozniski, Rodolfo Castro, all these guys hitting at 200 or lower has been brutal. And for the Cardinals, you got Paul Goldschmidt hitting right around at 325 for this team. Nolan Arenado, nine bombs, 31 RBIs going into Saturday. You've had Dylan Carlson, Yadier Molina, Harrison Bader starting to pick it up. All these guys hitting at least a 240. Albert Pouls has been a little bit up and down, but still has a little bit of pop in the bat end for the Cardinals. It's been a relatively solid bullpen for this team. You have had Giovanni Gallegos have his ups and downs, but it looks to be getting back to form. TJ McFarland has been a little bit rough as well, but Genesis Cabrera has been able to put together some nice innings. Andre Palanti has got right around a one issue ERA, so I do wind up making the Cardinals a minus 144 favorite, and we need at least a plus 120 to be able to lay the run and half with them on the run line and 88 or less looking over eight and a half prior to the under 903 904 on the betting board you've got the LA Dodgers in the road face off gets the Philadelphia Phillies as Zach Eflin is going to be going for the Phillies and Tony Gonsolin on the bump for the Dodgers Dodgers in between minus 127 and minus 140 favorites between plus 117 and plus 125 is the price on the Phillies with nine and a half to ten being your total on the nine and a half over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 unders between even a minus 105 and on the ten unders minus 115 and the over is minus 105 and I think we went way too far with this total. I wound up setting my total at an 8.2, and that is going to be the DK Nation pick here because he did take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies. And no question about it, it certainly has been a little bit of a tough bullpen for this team, but you have been able to have Zach Eflin, whenever he's been out there, not be Eflin awful. He's given up one home run over the course of 30 innings in his first start coming off of the COVID IL. Wound up giving up just one run over the course of six innings. He just doesn't put guys on cheaply. Thus far this season, over the course of 30 innings, he has allowed just five walks, so he has been able to do a very solid job there. And then you take a look at Tony Gonsolin. He is a little bit of the opposite. He has a buck 64 ERA despite the fact that he has given up right around 4.3, 4.4 walks per nine innings, but it's only allowed two home runs this season. His hits per nine rate, a little bit above five, and he's backed up by a very solid bullpen. Bill, Phil Beckford has been able to give you some good innings, even some like an Evan Phillips, Alex Vasilla. These guys have sub three ERAs as well. Broussardo Gradwell could sometimes be a little bit all over the place for the team, and Blake trying being hurt has hurt them, but Danny Hudson has been able to do a solid job. Tommy Kinley, whenever he's been out there, has been able to do well as well. And then you do take a look at this LA Dodgers line up and no question you do have some very good bats in there. Mookie Betts entering into Saturday, hitting about a 260 with eight home runs. He was the only guy in the starting lineup with at least five home runs. So Cody Bellinger, five bombs, but he's hitting right around a 207. Justin Turner, Max Muncy entered into Saturday, hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. So it's been a 
little bit rough for a lot of these guys. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper is now back in the fold for this team. Entered into Saturday with nine home runs at 131 at-bats, hitting a 300. You have had Kyle Schwarber have a tough time with the guards batting average, but he's had nine bombs himself. Reese Hoskins has been picking it up with the guards of power, a home run every 20 or so at-bats. Nick Cassiano sitting right around 265 as well. But I do think that we've went a little bit too far with this total with that Dodgers bullpen. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, I expect a little bit of positive progression with regards to this bullpen. Brad Ann has been relatively solid for you this season. Corey Knable is a trustworthy guy. Now guys like James Norwood, Nick Nelson and company, they're not necessarily so great in the back half. But I do think that Zach Eflin going to give you a pretty Eflin good start in this one. And with the Dodgers, I'm willing to lay up to a minus 136 with them. So seeing the minus 130s as low as minus 127, I'm going to be willing to take the Dodgers on the money line. But DK Nation pick is going to be on the under. I want to say my total at an 8.2. So DK Nation pick is on the total under. And we're going to be looking at the Dodgers. 9 of 5, 9 of 6 on the bang board. The Atlanta Braves hit the road face off against the Miami Marlins. Ian Anderson is going to be going for the Bravos. And Sandy Alcantara is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves in a to pick them game here. Finding them anywhere between minus 110 and even money with the Braves, you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 107 and minus 115. 7-7.5 is your total on 7 over is minus 120 and the under is even on the 7.5. Under is minus 125 and the over is plus 105 and when it comes to this total, I did wind up setting mine at a 7.1. So, Seeing pretty much everywhere that I have a number available, a 7, I'd be willing to take the 7 over, but with how juiced up they are, I would not doubt it if we wind up getting, when it's all said and done, a 7.5 and at a 7.5, I would be taking a look at an under in this spot. You do take a look at what you've been able to get out of this Miami Marlins team, and you got a couple guys who are able to put back the ball for this team. It's not necessarily a team full of mashers, but last season, Asus Aguiar was one of the better guys at being able to drive runs in. Thus far this season, he's been able to do a solid job being able to hit Right around a 265 solid on base percentage. You need sort of your superstars to be able to pick it up a little bit as you've got Jacob Stallings, Avicio Garcia throwing their Ode Soler, all currently hitting a 220 or lower. It's been really tough for the entire catcher spot in general, but Jazz Shislam, 295 average. He's got seven home runs, swing seven RBI entering into Saturday. Brett Anderson, Long Garrett Cooper have been able to get on base for you as bomb for the Atlanta Braves. This is a team that has a duo of guys in Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna that entered into Saturday with eight home runs apiece. Both of these guys struggling with yards of batting average, but you had six guys in the starting lineup for the Atlanta Braves on Saturday with at least 15 RBI this season. Nobody more than 19, so very much an even Steven sort of lineup. You do need a little bit more out of someone like a Travis Demerit after a good start to the year. He's been falling back a little bit. Adam Duvall is only needing a 200, but getting back Ronald Acuna Jr. That is big for this Braves team. And the Braves, they do have a top 10 team with regards to bullpen ERA. Kami Kiyo has been a little bit up and down this season, but you've been able to get some good at production out of A.J. Minter. Tyler Bansick has been a little bit hurt, so has hurt them a little bit. But since Spencer Strider in a long relief role has been solid. And then you do take a look at Ian Anderson. And I've always liked him. He's not a guy that is necessarily going to do the greatest job with the guards in command thus far this season in 36 innings. 18 walks. I do think that he's going to be a little bit better than 4.5 walks per 9 innings, but always been a little bit of an issue with him. I do expect the swing and miss stuff to be able to pick up a little bit as well. Just 25 punch outs over the course of 36 innings, but by and large, does a good job of being able to get some softer contact. And for Sandy Alcantara, this guy was very dominant at home last season, and thus far this season, has been able to do a nice job of being able to hold it down. 249 ERA overall. Actually has a little bit of a higher home ERA than a road ERA, but opponents are just a 205 off of him. Big thing is, he does need to rein it in a little bit more with the walks himself. He's given up right around 3.5 walks per 9 innings last year. At home, he wound up having 
a 241 ERA despite a 2-6 and six record. I'm going to tell you that he pitched a little bit better than a 2-6 and six record at home, but his strikeouts per 9 rate was a little bit north of 9 thus far this season. It's been more in the neighborhood of about 7.5, so I do think that that's going to pick up as well with the Marlins. I was willing to lay up to a minus 124 with them, so at a relative pick and price here, I'm going to be willing to ride with the fish. At a 7, I'm going to be taking a look at an over, and like I said, with a 7.5, and I wouldn't doubt it if we do wind up getting a 7.5, we'll be taking a look at an under. 907-908 on the bank board, the Washington Nationals, and throw it face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. Freddie Peralta is going to be going for the crew, and Aron Sanchez is going to be on the bump for Washington. Your total on this game is 8.5. Under is minus 115, the over is minus 105. Seeing straight 8, over is minus 125, the under is plus 105 with the Brewers. Pretty much across the board, they are a minus 220. Meanwhile, with the Nationals, find them anywhere between plus 180 and plus $2. And when it comes to Milwaukee Brewers, this has gotten just a little bit out of whack with regards to the money line. So it's either run line or pass. But wind up setting them at a minus 186, at least a plus 187 to take a shot here on the Nationals. And we have certainly gotten there. My run line with the Brewers, by the way, I was willing to lay up to right around even money with them. So we have not gotten there as currently I'm seeing the Brewers laying a little bit of a price. So going to be taking a look at the Washington Nationals in the spot for Adam Sanchez. Certainly has been a little bit of a rough start to the season for national team that entered into Saturday 13 and 27. He's got a 794 ERA. He's given up four home runs at 22 and two-thirds innings, but even take a look at what he did with the San Francisco Giants last year. Wound up having a couple positive starts there with the Houston Astros. Was really starting to find himself before he did wind up getting injured. Now, problem is he's given up at least three runs in every one of his starts thus far this season. Walks have not necessarily been too bad. Six walks over the course of 22 and two-thirds innings. And to take a look at the fielding independent, he's gotten a little bit unlucky with where the balls have wound up falling into place. The swing and miss stuff has not necessarily been there for him, unlike Freddie Peralta. You take a look at him for the Milwaukee Brewers, and he has been just a dealing for the team. He has been able to get right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. The walks per nine rate being a little bit above three, you'd like to see a little bit of a reduction there. But you take a look at Peralta, and he has given up a combined five runs over the course of his last five starts, getting at least six strikeouts in every one of these starts. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you do back him up with a bullpen that includes Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Both of these guys are rock solid. But the guys in the middle half of it, someone like a Hobie Milner has right around a four-ish ERA. Trevor Gott, it's not been too bad. Brad Boxberger has been a relatively solid setup man. But Brett Suter, he's had a little bit of a tough COVID. And for the Brewers, this has been a pretty rock solid lineup all season long. But you have to question how much of this Brewers production on offense has just come against bad teams in general. As you take a look at it, Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Tellez all entered into Saturday with between 8 and 9 home runs. And you did wind up having a couple guys like Tellez wind up getting the day off yesterday. They've been dealing with a couple of injuries. Willie Adamas is now on the 10-day injured list, it appears, as well as Jake Cousins out there in the bullpen. So that is a bit of an issue. Christian Yelich, he's been able to right around 250. It's been pretty solid for the team. And you do have Luis Arias back and forth, hitting above a 275. Castanier has been able to show a couple moments of brightness as well. But you do take a look at the Washington Nationals and got guys are able to get on base for the team as well. Michael Franco has been able to hit a 260. Cesar Hernandez, Keybet Ruiz are both hitting above a 265 as well. Juan Soto, someone needs to get on base for him. Eight home runs and 11 RBI. That just does not wind up adding up. But Josh Bell sitting above a 300 along with Yadio Hernandez. Need a little bit more of this Washington Nationals bullpen. It has been one of the most, I guess you would call them volatile out there in the big leagues in the bottom five with regards to bullpen ERA entering into Saturday. But Josh Rogers has actually been halfway decent out there in the bullpen. Now you do have guys like an Austin 
Austin both who have been absolutely terrible. See Shack north of a 5 ERA, but Kyle Finnegan has been able to rein it in a little bit more along with Tanner Rainey. So I do think that we've went a little bit too high with regards to this price. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Washington Nationals. I do wind up setting my total at an 8.2 as well. I do think that Sanchez going to be able to rein it in, going to be able to find it. I do think that Freddie Peralta going to be able to lend a relatively solid start as well, but I do think that the Nationals going to do a good job of being able to hold down a Brewers lineup that is a little bit more banged up. So we're going to be taking a look at the under and the Nationals. 909-910 on the betting board. Got the Chicago Cubs playing us to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Merrill Kelly is going to be going for the Snakes, and Wade Miley is going to be open to have a party in Chicago for the Cubs. Cubs are finding themselves anywhere between minus 117 and minus 125. Meanwhile, with the Snakes, it's anywhere between even money and plus 110. Currently known total up on this game because it is a Wrigley Field game, and typically when you do wind up getting Wrigley Field games with the wind blowing out and everything like that, you're just not going to get a total until the AM, but that said, as long as we can get to a plus 112 here with the Arizona Diamondbacks, with the way that line movement we've been seeing in this series, I think that there's a good chance that we'd be able to do so. We'll be willing to take shot here on Arizona. We've got initial lines right now, so as long as we can get to that plus 112 number, and we're about two cents away, going to be taking a look there with Merrill Kelly. He is someone that throughout his career has a ERA that's nearly a point and a half lower at home than it is on the road, so it's something that certainly comes into mind here a little bit, and what else comes into mind with regards to this game is the wind. You've got the wind, it appears as though it's going to be blowing in in this game, but there's just not a lot of wind in general. It's going to be blowing in at like 7-ish miles per hour, which it makes a little bit of a difference. It doesn't make a quantum difference. This isn't like what we wound up seeing when we wound up seeing 11 home runs and the wind was just blowing out at like 25 plus miles per hour. So we certainly don't need to worry about that. But you do take a look at Merrill Kelly for the season 32070 ERA. Did wind up getting banged around like a pinata in the last start against the Dodgers. Got six outs, gave up eight runs. Absolutely terrible. Only start this year, though, in which he's given up at least three earned runs. And swinging his stuff, it's pretty solid. Eight strikeouts per nine innings. A guy with a walks per nine rate that hovers right around three, so a pretty rock-solid starter. And then for Wade Miley, you just take a look at him the last few seasons, and I just haven't necessarily been too impressed by him. He's coming off a very nice start against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but, I mean, that's once again against the Pittsburgh Pirates, first start of the year. Three runs given up in three innings against the San Diego Padres, and you just take a look at what he's done in the past few seasons. That 2019 season with the Astros completely fell apart towards the end of the season. Did have a 337 ERA with the Cincinnati Reds last season, but season before that was also very brutal. So I have a tough time trusting in a 35-year-old that really doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. And then you do take a look at this Cubs lineup, and it certainly has been having its faults. They are averaging right around a run per game more at home than on the road. 3.6 runs per game on the road. More like 4.4 to 4.5 at home. And you have had Patrick Wisdom now being able to give you 8 home runs, but he strikes out in about 43 to 44% of his at-bats. He's only hitting it right around a 210. Elier, Mo Vargas, and Dalton Simmons at the bottom of the lineup. These guys have been unable to get on base. C.A. Suzuki. He's been stuck on four, four home runs for like an eon. He's got a 350 on base, so Ian App has been able to do a solid job getting on base. He and the center fielder Christopher Morell have been able to do a solid job with that regard. 375 on base or better for both of these guys and for the years and the Diamondbacks. They're hitting right around at 208 as a collective, but you certainly have had the hard contact there. Christian Walker entered into Saturday with 10 home runs. Sultan Varsho, six bombs. He's been able to do a solid job. David Peralta, earlier in the series, he wound up being able to go yard a few times. You had that Josh Ross three home run game earlier in the series as well. He's now hitting right around at 280 for this bunch. And then you do take a look at the bullpen and for the Cubs, they've actually been in the top two with regards to the National League. 
in terms of bullpen ERA, Scott Efres has been able to give you some very solid innings. Daniel Norris, Chris Martin, they've been able to come through, been able to do their part in whatever you need a guy to be able to give you some super long relief. Keegan Thompson has been there, so it does seem like they are taking him out of that role a little bit. Rowan Wick has been solid as well for the years on the Diamondbacks. Joe Manette typically has sub one ERA going into Saturday. He has been rock solid. Ian Kennedy has given you some good innings. Now, Mark Melanson has been a hot mess for this team. You want absolutely no part of him, but with the Diamondbacks, it does feel like they're doing a better job of being able to hone in a little bit more with regards to their bullpen. So this is a spot in which if I can get at least a plus 112, I'll be taking a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. And with the wind blowing in, with the feeling Miley versus Kelly against a pair of offenses that have been a little bit up and down, I set my total at 7.2. So a 7 or less, I'd be looking at it over. A 7.5 or higher, going to be taking a look at an under. 9.11, 9.12 on the betting board. The New York Metropolitans sit third face off against the Colorado Rockies. Austin Gomber is going to be going for the Rockies, and Taiwan Walker is going to be going for the New York Metropolitans. You're currently fighting the Colorado Rockies as a little bit of an underdog, anywhere between even money and plus 110. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Metropolitans, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. 10.5 is your total. The over and the under are both at minus 110. And with the Rockies, I want to make them a plus 107, so I needed a plus 108. To be able to take a shot here on Colorado, we have gotten there with a plus 110, so I'm going to be willing to ride with that with Austin Gomer. He has been able to do a very solid job at home ever since being acquired by the Colorado Rockies. This is someone that, while he was with the St. Louis Cardinals, I felt like just didn't wind up getting enough of a shot in general. So thus far this year, has had a 430 ADRA, has had a little bit of regression at home, but you take a look back to what he wanted doing during the 2021 season, wanted making nine starts at home and posted up a 209 ERA, giving up five home runs and 47 innings. Opponents hit sub 200 off of him. His walks per nine rate was right around a 2.7. And then you take a look at Taiwan Walker. And this is someone that during the 2021 season really had his struggles away from New York. A 582 ERA, 3-7 record in 14 starts. He allowed 14 home runs over the course of 68 innings. So certainly is one that will give up the hard contact. Now, it is a little bit colder out there in Colorado. They wound up having a game on Friday. Wind up getting washed out due to snow. So that's not necessarily too terrific. And... You do take a look at this Rockies team, and they just, in general, hit better at home than they do on the road. As a matter of fact, to the tune of about 50 points on their batting average, they do now back in the fold. Chris Bryant, that should be able to help them out quite a bit. You've had Connor Joe be able to make this thing go. He hits well above a 300 at home, sub-250 on the road. C.J. Crone has had all but two of his double-digit amount of home runs come at home as well, so that is impactful. And then you do take a look at the New York Mets. And Pete Alonso last year led the league in home runs on the road. Sterling Marte seems to be picking it up. He's now hitting right around 270 for this bunch. Jeff McNeil sitting above a 300 along with Luis Galorme. Brandon Nimmo has been able to do a good job. And for the Mets, they did wind up having to burn through their bullpen a little bit yesterday. Guys like Adam Adovino, Drew Smith, that didn't wind up throwing a ton. They're probably going to need to come back and probably going to need to do the same for the Colorado Rockies. Fortunately, they were able to get six innings out of Vermont Marquez in that first game to be able to preserve the bullpen a little bit more. But Someone like a Carlos DeSavis, probably going to need to pitch in back-to-back days. Daniel Bart has been very solid for this Rockies team as well. So I do take a look at this spot, and as long as I'm getting that plus 110 or greater, which we are getting with the Colorado Rockies, we'll take a shot here. Do you mind if saying my total at 10.6? It is a little bit cooler out there in Colorado, but the ball, as we wound up seeing yesterday, is still flying quite well, and I do think that both of these guys are going to be giving up quite a bit of contact. So I'm looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Rockies. 9-13, 9-14 on the bank board. The San Diego Padres at the road face off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood is going to be going for the Giants, and Mackenzie Gore is going to be on the bump for the Padres. Padres are finding themselves as an underdog of anywhere between plus 115 and plus 130. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at 
the Giants. So you're going to be getting them anywhere between minus 135 and minus 145. It is your total over and under are both at minus 110. And when it comes to the San Francisco Giants, made them a minus 122 favorite. So seeing the plus 128, plus 130 that I'm seeing with the Padres, I'm going to be willing to take a shot. Now with Mackenzie Gore, might be a case in which he does wind up giving the world's greatest length because he actually wanted pitching out of the bullpen a little bit, which I thought was relatively strange. But still, this guy has been absolutely nasty for this team ever since he wound up getting called up to the big leagues a little bit over a month ago. He's been posting up an ERA of right around at 217, giving up one home run and nine walks over the course of 29 inning strikeouts per nine rate. That is in the neighborhood of 10. And for Alex Wood, he's nothing great. He's nothing terrible. 393 ERA this season. I think that that'll come down just a touch. Someone that has given up right around 2.7 walks per nine innings, a little bit over a home run per nine, nine strikeouts per nine innings. This is relatively what you could expect out of him. He has given up quite a bit of contact, six plus hits in three out of his last four starts, so that's about a little bit of an issue, not necessarily a big demonstrative home and road splits either, and then for the San Francisco Giants, it seems as though you're getting Darren Ruff online. You do end up having a pair of home runs in the game on Friday. Now it's hitting above a 240 for the team. So that's something that you do like to see. Jack Peterson has been able to do a solid job of being able to put back to ball seven home runs this far this season. He has been able to do a solid job of being able to reach base. Now Tommy LaSalle back in the fold. Mikey Stromsky sitting right around a 300. And Luis Gonzalez in well above a 300. Brandon Belt has been a little bit banged up though. So that has hurt them. And then for the San Diego Padres. You've got your two matches out there. Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado. Hosmer wound up getting the day off yesterday, but Machado, he just continues to perform for this team. 25-plus RBI. He went deep for the eighth time yesterday, but everyone outside of Manny Machado in the starting lineup yesterday all hit a 237 or less. I mean, that's just absolutely insane. The drop-off that you wind up having as Luke Voigt, Trent Grisham, both are below the Mendoza line of a 200. Jake Cronenworth right there at a 200. And for the Padres, it's been a little bit of a rough go of it for the bullpen. And though I do think that you're going to see positive progression out of quite a few of these guys. Craig Salmon has been rock solid. Taylor Rogers has been seemingly the second-best closer out there in the big leagues this year behind Josh Hader. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of someone like a Luis Gonzalez as well. And then you take a look at the San Francisco Giants. They were the only bullpen with a sub-3 ERA last season. And they have slipped up a little bit this season. Camilo Duvall, Jarlin Garcia been able to do their part, but Jake McGee is currently injured for this team. John Breba has had his ups and downs, has been relatively solid this year, but not a guy that I could trust in. Jose Alvarez, he's got nearly a 5-ish ERA, so I do think that you've got some solid value here on the Padres getting north of a plus 120. Going to be taking a look there, and when it comes to total, I did wind up sending it at a 7.7. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of progression with both of these bullpens. So, looking over and looking Padres. On 15-9-16 on the banging board, you've got the Tampa Bay Rays hitting the road to face off against the Baltimore Orioles. Spencer Watkins is going to be going for the Orioles, and Corey Kluber is going to be on the bump for Tampa Bay. Tampa has find themselves anywhere between minus 145, minus 155, plus price on Baltimore is anywhere between plus 135 and plus 142, with 9 being your total over and under, both at minus 105 to minus 115, and with the race, made them minus 173 on the money line, was one to lay up to a minus 108 on the run line. Currently, I'm finding the run line between even money and a plus 110. I'd be willing to take either of those prices with Spencer Watkins. He wound up having an 8 ERA last season. Not a guy that you're necessarily able to trust in. Now, the new Camden Yards does have a bit of a longer fence, which means that it is going to be a little bit more pitcher-friendly, but still... 5'10 ERA, still giving up 5 home runs over the course of 30 innings, 4.5 walks per 9 innings, and he is actually getting fewer than 4.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. He has not been getting too many swings and misses, and for Corey Kluber, we'll end up having that one bad blow-up, sir, 
against the LA Angels. But, I mean, you take that out of the fold, then 32 and two-thirds innings, he has given up nine runs, which that equates to an ERA that's hovering right around at 250. So, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. And for Kluber, he has been giving up right around a walk and a half per nine innings. So, he has done a great job with regards to command. You take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays team, man. The lineup can be a little bit shaky with regards to the team, but you've got Yandy Diaz who's hitting right around 280 for the team. Mayor Ramirez, he's hitting above a 300 long. Francisco Mejia, he's been able to hit right around at 285-ish. You've got Brett Phillips, who's been hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Taylor Walls has had a little bit of an issue as well. And then for the Baltimore Orioles, it is a case in which you have been able to get some good production out of the middle of the lineup as you've got Austin the Say's kid, Trey Boom Boom Mancini, both hitting above a 275. Ryan Mountcastle, he's back fold, hitting a 270. Cedric Mullins is hitting right around 300 this month. And hey, Rudan Odor wanted hitting a home run for this team, and this is now hitting above a 200. So that helps him out a little bit. But when it comes to this Baltimore Orioles bullpen, I do think that there's going to be some regression with it. Felix Batista is someone I do like seeing out Perez, though. And it's up on ERA, it's just not going to last. Brian Baker said his ups and downs when you wind up having to get to the longer levers like Keegan Aiken. There's hard to have a lot of faith in him. Aiken. Buck 33 ERA and 11 appearances. I just don't think that that is going to be very sustainable, especially with the way that he doesn't wind up getting a lot of swings and misses. And then for the Tampa Bay Rays, this is a bullpen that's starting to bear down. J.P. Fireisen has yet to give up an earned run all season long. Ryan Thompson has been able to do a solid job. He, Matt Weisler, sub-3 ERA. Sandra Kittrich, always relatively reliable out of this bullpen as well. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that the Rays are going to be able to take it to Watkins and company. And I do think that the Rays bullpen is really going to be able to take hold in this spot. I did wind up saying my toilet at 8.2 because even the Orioles, no, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with the bullpen. They have been performing well out of that pen, so I'm going to be looking at an under. And with the Tampa Bay Rays, one delay the run line because I think the Kluber and company are going to be able to hold down this Orioles offense. 917, 918 on the betting board, the Seattle Mariners. At the road face-off against the Boston Red Sox, Nathan Evaldi is going to be going for the Sox, and Logan Gilbert is going to be on the bump for Seattle. Nine and a half is your total, over and under, and he worked to minus 105, minus 115. With Boston, you're finding them at a minus 130, and you're taking a look at Seattle, you're going to be finding them anywhere between a plus 110 to a plus 120, and when it comes to Seattle, I was willing to take anything that was a plus 110 or greater, and we have certainly been able to get there, so I'm going to be willing to take a look at the Mariners in the spot. You take a look at Logan Gilbert, and it's been a little bit rough for him in recent starts, but, I mean, it doesn't get much more rough than giving up five home runs in an inning, like Nathan Eovaldi wound up doing. I believe that he wound up giving up six home runs at home in over 100 innings last season. Now, I don't think that he's going to be giving up five home runs in an inning, and we've seen it with the Boston Red Sox. They've already erased two four-run deficits in this series already, and you have been able to get a lot of production out of the middle of the lineup as Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, they're all hitting at least a 333. Now, interestingly enough, everyone else that's got at least 7 at bats on this team are hitting at least 100 points lower than these guys, which that's a big giant divide. But, I mean, Trevor's story, he's got 12 RBI in this series thus far and four home runs. He has been absolutely magnificent. You are going to need guys like Kike Hernandez, Bobby Dahlbeck, Jackie Bradley Jr. are hitting below a 200 to pick it up, though you do expect Bradley Jr. to just not be too great with the bat. But you do take a look at the Seattle Mariners and be able to get a little bit out of Julio Rodriguez along with Adam Frazier. Frazier's staying right around 255 and for Rodriguez, hitting well above a 300 thus far 
in the month of May, so he's been able to do a good job. And Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, the two guys that wind up coming over from the Reds. Neither of these guys have a great batting average, but both of these guys above a 300 with regards to the on-base. J.P. Crawford is hitting at 300. Ty France, he has been incredible for this team. North of 25 RBI, and then you do take a look at the bullpen of the Seattle Mariners. They probably have a little bit of a leg up when it comes to the Boston Red Sox as well as the Red Sox. They have just really had to burn through that bullpen. They were hoping for a little bit more than three innings out of Garrett Woodlock, so guys like Tyler Janish, along with Jake Thiekman, wound up getting used up here to Kazusada solid, but Ryan Brazier, along with Matt Barnes, have just been a complete and utter hot mess with regards to this team, and for the Mariners, Diego Castillo's been a hot mess. He's got right around an ADRA, but Pat Murphy, going into Saturday, about a one-ish ERA. He's been terrific. Paul Seawalt has been able to give you some solid innings. Andres Munoz has been a little bit up and down as well, but I do take a look at the way that Gilbert has been able to perform all season long, and I do think that he is going to be able to do a solid job here. Overall, a 2.40 ERA. Give it up three home runs and 45 innings. 3.2 walks per nine innings. Evaldi on the flip side. He's given up right around a walk and a half per nine innings, but I mean, he's right now giving up three home runs per nine innings as well. Now, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of negative regression with regards to those home runs, so I am going to be taking a look at it under in this spot. I did wind up saying my total end in 8.2, so I think that Evaldi is going to be able to rein it in a little bit more. Look like the guy that we wound up seeing last season at home, but with the way that Logan Gilbert is performing, getting this plus price appeals to me. So look at Mariners and looking under in this spot. 919-920 on the bang board. The Detroit Tigers going to be in the road face off against the Cleveland Guardians. Shane Bieber Fever is going to be going for the Guardians, and Alex Fado is going to be going for Detroit. We currently have no numbers up on this game, but we are able to take a look yesterday because this is a pitching matchup we were supposed to get prior to the rainout, and you were seeing the Guardians right around about a minus 175 to a minus 190 plus price on the Tigers between plus 160 and plus 165. Most places at an 8 for our total with the under between minus 120 and minus 125 over any between even and plus 105, and when it comes to the spot, I did wind up saying my total at 7.2, so even at a 7.5 if you were able to get good juice on that under, I'd be taking a look there, and with regards to the Cleveland Guardians, made them minus 195 on the money line. With regards to the run line, I was willing to lay a very small price, and you were getting between plus 110 to a plus 115. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 110, so if we wind up getting similar numbers, and I don't see why we wouldn't be getting similar numbers, I'd be taking a look at the Guardians on the run line, and I'd be taking a look at an under. Shane Bieber has been seeing a dip in the guards with strikeouts. He's seen his velocity drop a little bit, but still right around 8 and a half strikeouts per 9 innings, less than a home run per 9, so he's been able to do a solid job there. And then you take a look at Fado, and I mean, this is someone that at the minor league level wasn't necessarily great, wasn't necessarily terrible. He's come up to the major league level. He's posted up a 287 ERA, though he has gotten a couple gifts starts going up against the A's and the Pittsburgh Pirates to begin his career. That's relatively easy, and the team wound up losing both of those. Now, with the Detroit Tigers, this is a bullpen that ranks in the top eight with regards to ERA. You've had some very solid guys out there like Gregory Soto. Will Vest has been a little bit banged up recently, but you've had Michael Fulmer post up a sub-2 ERA. Joey Menace has been able to do a nice job holding down the fort. Andrew Chafin is off the injured list, 235 ERA out of him. And for the Cleveland Guardians, Emmanuel Class A is still one of the best closers out there in the big leagues. You've had a little bit of tough time with Brian Shaw posting up a north of 5 ERA, but Trevor Steven, he's been able to do a nice job. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Sam Hedges is a sub-2 ERA. And for the Cleveland Guardians, this is a bunch that they do a nice job of being able to get on base. You don't necessarily have a ton of power with regards to this lineup, though. Jose Ramirez, he's been leaving you nine home runs, 37 RBI, but he's got a 380 on base for this team. Miles Straw, 350 on base. Owen Miller, a 340. Stephen Kwan, a 375. So these guys have come in, done their job. Andres Jimenez is hitting above a 300. You need guys like Oscar Mercado, Ernie Clement, Austin Hedges, who at the bottom of the lineup 
earning a two tenner lower to pick it up a little bit. But you take a look at the Detroit Tigers, and I mean, at this point, they've got 20 home runs over the course of 39 games. This is a team that they're on pace for just barely over 80 home runs this season. That has been absolutely brutal. And you just take a look at this lineup Spencer Torkelson, Javi Baez, Derek Hill, Jameer Candelario, Robbie Grossman, Eric Haas, Jonathan Scope, Akil Badu, all these guys. I think a 210 or Laura Meadows has been able to get on base, but he's been a little bit banged up this season. Boy Castro is hitting a 300. Miguel Cabrera right around a 320 on base, but he doesn't have the pop that he wound up having in past years as well. So I do take a look at this spot, and if we do wind up getting similar numbers to yesterday, going to be taking a look at the Guardians with the plus price on the run line, and I'd be willing to take a 7.5 or an 8 under the total as we move on to 921-922 on the bang board. The Walker, Texas Rangers, hit the red face off against the Houston Astros. Jose Urquidy is going to be going for the Strohs, and Taylor Hearn is going to be on the bump for Texas. Texas is back to being an underdog of any 14 plus 155 and plus 170. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Houston, it's any 14 minus 180, minus 190 with your total at an 8.5. Under is any 14 minus 115, minus 120. The over is any between even a minus 105. And when it comes to the Astros, set them on the money line at a minus 193. And if you're taking a look at the run line, I was willing to lay up to a minus 106 with it. And currently, you're getting a plus 110. So I'm going to be taking a look at the Astros on the run line. I see a little bit more of a differential there. And I'm able to reduce the juice. I think that there's a good chance that they're going to be able to take to the Rangers. And I will say for the Rangers, this actually has been a solid bullpen. And past few years, we've seen the Rangers have success. They won game one of this series. But that said, I do think that someone like a Brock Burke, who thus far this year has a buck 29 ERA out of the bullpen, Matt Moore, a buck 86. These guys are just going to see a little bit of regression. I'm not saying that they're going to finish up the year with like a six ERA, but certainly I don't think that they're going to be able to keep this up. Garrett Richards, he is a hot mess for this team as well. And then you take a look at Taylor Hearn. This guy is just giving up contact upon contact upon contact. 546 ERA thus far this season. It's per nine rate. It's hovering right around at 10.5. Has given up five home runs at 29 and two thirds innings. His walks per nine rate is just below five as well. And you take a look at the flip side for Jose Urquidy. Not going to put guys on cheaply. He has been giving up a little bit over one walk per nine innings. Now he does wind up giving up hard contact. This is someone that overall for the season has given up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, which is why he's rocking a 481 ERA. But you take a look at what he's been able to do at home throughout his career. It's been rock solid. And even thus far this season, it has been a big differential between home and road splits. He has got an ERA that is sub-2 at home, north of 6 on the road last year, 335 home ERA. Give it up to 7 walks and 9 home runs and 51 innings, so was able to do a good job there. And for the Houston Astros, this is a lineup that is just completely packed with mashers. Jordan Alvarez is rocking a double-digit amount of home runs right around a 350 on base for him. Michael Brantley is hitting a 285 for this team. You've had Jose Altuve be a little bit banged up this season, but when he's been out there, he's been able to do a good job of being able to go yard for this team. You've even had the guys that struggled at the beginning of the season, like a Yoli Gurriel, be able to pick it up. Kyle Tucker, seven home runs entering into what we wind up seeing on Saturday with nine stolen bases, by the way. A little bit underrated there. And for the Texas Rangers, this is just a lineup that is ghastly bad. <laughs> right now, you got one guy that wound up getting the start on Saturday with north of a 245 batting average, and that would be Jonah Heim. Now, Corey Seager has been able to give you eight home runs this season, and eight Elise Garcia and Cole Calhoun. Both of them be able to give you six bombs. And Calhoun, only about 110 at bats to be able to get those home runs, but still, Marcus Simeon, I mean, talk about a waste of money. Sitting a buck 80 with zero home runs this season. It's been really bad. Mitch Garver sitting at the Mendoza line. Andy Ibanez has honestly been too terrific. And for the Astros, this has been one of the top bullpens with regards to ERA out there in the big leagues. Ryan Stanek, a sub-2 ERA going into Saturday. Now, this is not necessarily sustainable with 
someone like a Rafael Montero, a sub-1 ERA thus far this season, but even someone like an Hector Neris giving you a 2 ERA. Brian Abreu has been relatively solid recently. These guys have all been able to come up very big for this Astros team, so I'm going to be willing to lay it on the run line with the Houston Astros because I do think that they're going to do a good job of being able to hold down the Texas Rangers, and then when it does come to the total, I did mind him saying that in 8.7. Urakiti, very much a pitching contact guy, not going to get a bunch of punch-outs. Sailor Hearn, he himself, not going to be striking out a lot of guys as well, and you've got an Astros team that does a great job of being able to put back the ball. So, looking at the Astros on the run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over. We go to 923-924 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins at the road face-off against Kansas City Royals. No number up on this game, but it is going to be Brady Singer who's going to be going for the Royals, and Bailey Ober going to be on the bump for the Minnesota Twins. With my personal handicap, I made the Twins a minus 128 favorite, minus 133 on the run line, and a 7.5 or less going to be taking a look at the over in 8 or higher to the under now. You take a look at Brady Singer, and first start of the season, he looked very rock solid for the team, and I will say, when he wound up pitching at the minor league level this year, it was actually very solid for him. You take a look at his first start of the campaign, and he wound up bringing his ERA overall for the season down to a 284. They were actually utilizing him out of the bullpen a little bit more. I believe that he wound up going seven innings, giving up just one run, and you take a look at what he wound up doing at Omaha this season, and I think that there is quite a bit of promise here. 329 ERA, 13 and two-thirds innings. They wound up giving up a couple of long balls. Two home runs, giving up her nine innings. Strikeout stuff was a little bit down at the minors, but for his career, right around nine strikeouts for nine innings, and it was a little bit of a small sample size, so I don't necessarily put too much into that. And then for Ober, this is going to be his first start in quite a while. He wound up being out for about three to four weeks and 19 and two-thirds innings. Did a nice job not giving up a lot of walks last year. Two walks per nine innings thus far this season. He's hovering right around that same neighborhood as well, but I do take a look at this Royals bullpen, and it has been ghastly bad. This is a bunch in which they're in the bottom eight with that regard, and this despite the fact that Scott Barlow has a sub-two ERA. Joel Payamps in long relief has been halfway decent, but Josh Samount, 350 ERA has not been great. Colin Sider is posting up an earth of four ERA. Amir Garrett, who has just not really been that great in general. He, Dylan Coleman, north of a 3-5 ERA. And for the Twins, this has been a surprisingly good bullpen for them. They've had Ty Duffy, the Duffman, has been able to deliver a sub-3 ERA. You've got Joe Smith, who entering into Saturday, had yet to give up an earned run. He's doing a terrific job. And then you just take a look at some of these other guys, like an Emilio Pagan, who gave up a bunch of home runs last season, being able to rein it in. And for this Minnesota Twins lineup, every Byron Buxton back out there is absolutely massive. 11 home runs in 26 games entering into Saturday. So that's big. Carlos Correa is back in the fold. He's hitting a 265. Luis Arias is hitting above a 300. You need a little bit more out of Gary Sanchez, Ori Palanco, Gio Rochelle, all in between a 225 to a 230 entering into Saturday. But for the Royals, this is just a bunch of, they're not generating a lot of power whatsoever. 27 home runs in their first 38 games of the season entering into Saturday. And now Salvador Perez is on the shelf. Now, MJ Melendez, backup catcher, has actually been relatively solid in his first few games out there. But you take a look at the Saturday lineup and nobody wound up entering in that game with north of four home runs. You've had Andrew Benintendi at a 300-100 Ozier, more around a 280. But take a look at Whit Merrifield, along with Bobby Witt Jr., Nicky Lopez, Carlos Santana. So many guys hitting at 221 or lower makes it a little bit tough to be able to back 
the Royals in this spot, even with Ober coming off the injured list. And I love fading guys coming off the injured list. So, do you mind if saying the Twins at a minus 128 in this spot on the money line? And with regards to a total 7.5 for less looking over and it higher to the under 925-926 on the bank board, the LA Angels. They're going to be playing against the Oakland A's. No nervous up on this game because Cole Irvin is going to be getting the start for the A's. That was announced last minute. And Patrick Sandoval is going to be going for the LA Angels. This is a spot in which if I'm able to get even money or better on the run line, I'm going to be taking a look at that. With regards to the Angels, I set them a minus 188 on the money line. And it's a case in which, once again, much like we wound up saying in the previous game, 7.5 or less, looking over 8 or higher to the under. And this is with factoring in the fact that ballparks play a little bit more hitter-friendly during the daytime in California rather than the nighttime. But take a look at Cole Irvin, and it's been a while since he's been able to give a start for the Oakland A's. He, as a matter of fact, has only been able to give the team thus far this season right around two or three starts. Has been quite a while since we wound up seeing him. And then you got on the flip side Patrick Sandoval, a guy who in 33 innings is yet to give up a home run. He has given up right around four and a half walks per nine innings, but has been absolutely dealing for this team. Buck 91 ERA, that has been absolutely tremendous. Gets relatively solid swing, good swing and miss stuff. Not like he's dominant with regards to his swing and miss stuff, but. Take a look at the flip side for Cole Irvin making his first start of the month, and this has never been a guy that has gotten you just a whole bunch of punch outs. You take a look at him in five starts this year, 18 strikeouts to 27 and two-thirds innings, and that's a little bit of a rise from what we might have seen last season. You take a look at him during the 2021 season, and he was getting more around six strikeouts per nine innings. So, does a good job with regards to command, only two walks per nine innings, but I do think that a little bit of regression is going to set in with regards to this A's bullpen, as currently you've got Sam Ball, A.J. Puck, Danny Jimenez, all entering into Saturday with a sub-0.75 ERA. These guys are good. They're not that good. You've just had amazing bullpen work from the A's in general, which is why they're in the top eight with regards to bullpen ERA. And then for the Angels, Ryan Tapera has been a little bit up and down recently, though I do like Rossi Iglesias. He's had a little bit of a rough go of it here in recent weeks, but one of the more dominant closers out there in the big leagues, Aaron Loop has a ERA that is sub-2. The rest of the guys out there have been a little bit up and down, though Kyle Bearclaw, I think that there's some upside with him. But you take a look at the Angels and the lineup out Outside of Trout and Otani has been able to come through. How about Taylor Ward? Hitting a 374 the season going into Saturday. Nine home runs. He has been amazing getting on base with right around a 480. But then you take a look at Trout. He's been able to give you 11 home runs, hitting right around a 320. Shoy Otani is now up to a 250 with his batting average. Eight home runs. Brandon Marsh is hitting a 275. Heck, Joe Adele wound up getting sent down to the minor leagues. I mean, they have that much depth. And for the Oakland A's, you take a look at this lineup, and it is not necessarily too terrific. You wound up having one guy in the lineup for Saturday with a north of 262 batting average. And that would be a guy in 27 at bat, Luis Barea, who has been hitting a 370, which is terrific. But Seth Brown, Ramon Laureano, Christian Bache, all these guys hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 has been tough. Chad Pinder has been in and out of the fold. Sheldon Noisy, he's seen some big-time regression ever since a good couple weeks of the season. So I do think that this is a spot in which the Angels should be able to have a relatively good time of it. And for the low total, it's just because the Oakland A's in general have scored three runs or fewer, and I believe now 17 out of their last 23 games entering into Saturday. So this is a spot in which I did wind up setting my total at a 7 or less over, an 8 or higher to the under end with the Angels. Pretty much even money or better going to be one to lay a run line with them. Now we wind up going to the double dip of 927, 928, and 931, 932. Chicago White Sox going to be taking on the New York Yankees, and we actually have numbers on both of these games. The early game is 931, 932. Johnny Cueto going for the White Sox. James and Tyon for the Yankees, and Yankees are finding themselves 
anywhere between a minus 185 to a minus $2 favorite with the White Sox. You're finding them in between plus 165 and a plus 180 with 9B or total, the over and the under, both heading between minus 105 and minus 115. Same total for Michael Kopech and Luis Severino. Total of 9 over and under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. White Sox a little bit less of an underdog between plus 150 and plus 160, minus 170 to minus 175 with the Yankees. And I'll keep this as simple as humanly possible. Since we're getting north of a plus 160 on Cueto, I'm willing to take a shot there. Since we're getting north of a plus 150 on the White Sox with Kopech, I'm willing to take a shot there. And with both of these games, I was willing to take a 9 or higher under and an 8 and a half or less to the over. So I'm looking at both 9s under and I'm looking at the White Sox in both spots with Johnny Cueto. He's Someone that has been able to do a relatively solid job thus far this season for the White Sox at the minor league level. Didn't provide anything great. Didn't provide anything terrible. You sort of know what you're going to be able to expect out of him, even though it is going to be just the second start of the season. I don't think that he's going to be able to maintain a 0-0 ERA first start of the season. Wound up going six scoreless innings against Kansas City Royals. This is a big step up in competition with the New York Yankees. And you do take a look at James Tyon. Has been relatively solid thus far this season, giving up four home runs and four walks in 35 and two-thirds innings. I do think that the walks are going to rise. He's getting only about seven, seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Four punch outs are free in each out of its last four games, but it's been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort, but you wonder how much of that is because he did wind up facing off against the Orioles twice. The Blue Jays are a very fearsome lineup, but they just have not been performing recently as well. And then you take a look at the Yankees and you want to talk about a fearsome lineup. How about these guys? As you've currently got the duo of Aaron Judge along John Carlos Sand with a combined 25 home runs. That's like four more home runs than the Detroit Tigers have as a collective this season. DJ turned it up. LeMayu, Isaiah Kinnear Falefa hitting between a 265 to a 275 has been relatively solid for this team as well. Aaron X uh, has been really bad with regards to that. He's sitting right around 200. Kyle Lagashioka in the catcher spot in general has been a little bit rough with Josh Johnson. 360 on base. Anthony Rizzo, double digit but on former 340 on base. So he's been able to do a solid job and for the White Sox. They are dealing with an injury to Eloy Jimenez, which has hurt them. Yoel Moncada is back off the injured list, but he, Lurie Garcia, Adam Engel, Gavin Sheets, Josh Harrison, Reese McGuire, all these guys, and get 220 or lower throw in there. Jose Abreu as well. That's been a little bit rough now with Abreu. He did wind up going deep yesterday. He's always been a guy that's been able to give you 100 plus RBI, but really it's Tim Anderson and Luis Robert that's currently carrying the offense. Robert is hitting right around a 300 and for Tim Anderson, 350. Andrew Vaughn is back to fold. He's been able to go deep a couple times, and for the White Sox, this has been a little bit of a suspect bullpen for the team. I do like Kendall Gray, Ben, Liam Hendricks. Been a little bit up and down. Still a solid closer, but certainly has been the same guy this year that he has been in the past, but you look at some of the longer guys and been a little bit up and down. Tanner Banks has actually had a solid season, but Bennett Sosa, he certainly has had his downs. Jose Ruiz is someone that wound up getting used up yesterday, and for the New York Yankees, this bullpen is just locked and loaded. Now, Michael King had to throw 33 pitches yesterday, so you gotta figure that he's been knocked out. You might need to bring back Miguel Castro, Clay Holmes, a pair of guys that threw 14 pitches yesterday, so both of those guys are probably gonna be on call for the Yankees, and this is a team that's in the top five with regards to bullpen. He right, rolled the Chapman has been a little bit erratic for the team. He's given up at least one run in each out of his his last four appearances, though. Feeling did not wind up helping out, out a time or two in those, but you take a look at Wani Peralta, sub-2 ERA out of him. Lucas Lukey has had his downers recently, but by and large, very good bullpen for this team, so 
I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Cueto is going to be able to give you just a little bit more than Tyon, and I mean, with Jamison Tyon, he's been able to do a solid job of not giving out a lot of walks, but you can say the same about Cueto as well, so getting this big of a plus price, willing to go there, and I do think that both of these guys are going to be able to hold down the fort, so looking at an under, and then with Kopech versus Severino, don't need to go through the lineups once again, but what I will say about the White Sox is that they're facing off against a pair of righties in Severino and Tyon. They had left-handed pitching a little bit better than right-handed pitching, which is a little bit more of an angle with regards to the under, but I take a look at Severino, and he's been relatively solid this year, especially given the circumstances. He really hasn't had a full year under his belt in quite a while, but does wind up giving up the deep ball a little bit. Five home runs in 34 and two-thirds innings. He is getting right around 10 punch shots per nine innings, but I just really like Michael Kopech. As Zappa taken deep in 35 innings this season, strikeouts per nine rate is hovering right around nine. Does need to lock down with regards to the walks, 4.4 walks per nine innings, which is a big reason why length has been a little bit of an issue, but he's put it together in his last two starts. A combined three hits in 12 innings, going six innings in both of those, so that is something that I think is going to be very beneficial moving forward. No doubt, the 0-1 record not indicative of how he's been able to perform, and I think that on the bright lights, he's a guy that really loves that noise. He loves to be able to step up when the time is right, so I do think that he's going to be able to come in there and do a very solid job. So I'm looking at the White Sox in both of these games, and with the total of 9 in both spots, I'd be looking at an under as well. So hopefully I kept that clean for you guys as we wrap things up with 929, 930 on the board, the Toronto Blue Jays it's going to be playing us the Cincinnati Reds. We are on to Cincinnati, and they're going to be given first-time starter Graham Ashcraft a start. Meanwhile, you've got Yusei Kikuchi on the bump for the Blue Jays. I think that this one is getting taken off the board with the pitching change, but as I'm seeing it right now, Reds are anywhere between a plus 185 and a plus 205 underdog. Meanwhile, with the Jays, going to be finding them anywhere between a minus 225 to a minus 230. And if we get similar numbers, I'm going to be in on the Reds. I was willing to take them anything north of a plus 175. You take a look at what Ashcraft has been able to do during the season at the minor league level. And he's actually been really tremendous for this team. He's sub-2 ERA now. No question about it. This is not the same as pitching at the major league level, but... That said, I do think that you've got a little bit of upside with regards to him. And then you take a look at Yusei Kikuchi, a guy that just throughout the season in general has had a little bit of a tough time being able to locate his walks per nine innings. Rate has been right around four-ish for the entirety of the season now. He is coming off of some of his best starts of the season, has been able to lower his ERA to a 3.38 overall. He has given up the 20 walks and 32 innings, which has hurt him, but you take a look at it, three runs given up over the course of his last three starts, seven walks in between there, and his swing and miss stuff has really gotten better as he's been in the major leagues as he's currently getting right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. You take a look at what he's been able to do at home a little bit better than on the road, 307 home ERA, 363 road ERA, but with the Blue Jays, even in the game that they wound up winning on Saturday, that was a little bit of a sweat as they needed a pair of Boba Shed home runs to be able to cover that run line as the Reds. They have failed to cover the run line in, I believe, 19 out of their last 23 losses, but you do take a look at this Reds lineup, and they are capable of having a little bit of power and a little bit of just general average out there. Mark Reynolds has been able to give you a 370 on base. You've got Tyler Stevenson ending above a 300. Taylor Naquin's hitting at 265. You've now got Joey Votto back in full. Was ghastly bad prior to going on the COVID I.O., but since he's come back, he's actually looked halfway decent. Mike Moussakis giving you some respectable at-bats for the Blue Jays. Boba Shett starting to pick it up. He's hitting at 250. Got two home runs yesterday, but you've got Flaggero Jr. and George Springer both sitting on seven home runs, both hitting right around 270. I mean, they've been far from terrible, but the power has not been there for them. You've got... 
couple guys like Bradley Zimmer, Matt Chapman, Teoscar Hernandez, and below the middle line of 200. This has been a Blue Jays team. I believe that they're still dead last in the big leagues with regards to batting average, with regards to men on base. You got to expect a little bit of positive progression there. And then you take a look at the bullpen, and it's not necessarily been too terrific for the Blue Jays either. It's been a very average bullpen. Guys like Trevor Richards that you were expecting to be solid have not necessarily been now. David Phelps, he's been able to give you right around a 2-6-ish ERA. Yumi Garcia has not necessarily been too terrific, though Adam Simber's 2 ERA has been good. And for the Reds, this has certainly been a bad bullpen, to say the least. You've got a guy that just should not be pitching in Hunter Strickland. He's currently rocking a 5.75 ERA. Luis Sessa certainly has had a tough time, but Alexis Diaz, his 1 ERA, and Jeff Hoffman, sub 2 ERA, that is solid as well. So, I mean, if we're getting plus 175 or greater here with the Reds, I'm willing to take a shot in with the Reds. This is a team that they have played a few unders recently. I believe that now 6 out of their last 8 games have gone under, but if you want to take a little bit of a bigger view, 16 out of their last 24 games have gone over the total. If we wind up getting this 8.5, I'm willing to look over with the way that Kikuchi just has not been able to locate some. My total at a 9.2. I do think that the Blue Jays offense going to be able to rise up a little bit as well. So looking at an 8.5 over and a plus 175 or greater, looking at the rest of that, will wrap things up for the Sunday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison family, a podcast. A big thanks to Holden Kushner doing a great job with the CityCast of Denver, who joined me in the last segment. If you like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNRS41. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter. So, as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.